is my ongoing goal to be able to support you as the very best way that I can. And in order to do that, I really need to get to know you a little bit better, what your personal needs are for supporting you as a parent on this journey of children with autism and with your child, what their needs are and what you would like to help them most with. Because there may be many things, but there's usually a few top pieces that are very, very important to you that you know your child is really struggling with and you would like help with. And so in order to find out how I can support you best, I have created a short quiz. It's at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash quiz. And if you uh, take that short quiz, you'll be able to give me some information and I'll get back with to you with some results and how I can direct you to the resources that I feel would help you best right now for where you are on this journey and for what you need for your particular specific child's needs. So I hope it's helpful. Again, go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash quiz. Hi there again, and welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Today's episode is really near and dear to my heart. And the reason for that is because there is a lot of stress involved in being a parent, but especially in being a parent of a child with autism, there are additional challenges. And I know that personal experience that home life can get very chaotic. And if we have the more tools that we have to help our own ability to stay calm and to teach our children these things and communicate without yelling and reducing our stress level in any way we can. This is very important. I've done past episodes on things like mindset and tapping and ways to stay calm, seven ways to stay calm. And I'll link to all of those in today's show notes. Um, Today, we have a guest with us who I will introduce, and we're gonna be talking about how to create happy families, and it's through something called mindfulness, which is actually a specific type of, I'll say technique, except I'll let our guest explain it um, uh, more thoroughly, of course. So I'm gonna give you a little background. Uh, Anna Vega is here with us today. She's the founder of Happy Families and an international parenting expert, coach, and consultant. After growing up with a mom living with severe schizophrenia, she became a vice president of NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, the largest mental health organization helping people affected by mental illness and their families. Then while working as a journalist and an entrepreneur and becoming a mom, she developed a passion for parenting and helping other parents. Uh, So today we're going to be going into what this mindfulness is and um, really how it can affect and help families. So Anna, thank you for being here, first of all. And would you please share with us a little bit about more about your background and and of course about uh, your work? Thank you. I'm very excited to be here today with you. Thank you for inviting me. Um, So my background, yeah. um, well, I started uh, working as a journalist, you know, at 18, and then uh, did other things and became an entrepreneur. And then when I had my son, I started reading, you know, everything I could about um, child development and child psychologist, because I had such a difficult childhood. I didn't want to make many mistakes, uh, growing, you know, raising my child. So yeah, I started doing that, you know, reading everything I could. So my friends started coming to me for advice all the time. And one way or another, I most of the time I had the answer. 
so yeah, I became their, you know, an official uh, parenting coach for, you know, different ages. And then, um, you know, I became very passionate about it. So I decided to, to you know, get educated, you know, and, um, on parenting, different ways to deal with parenting. So yeah, I got trained in um, positive parenting from Yale. You know, Yale has a um, center of parenting. You know, they do a lot of studies and research on what works, what doesn't work with children or with anybody. You know, like the tools I use um, that they create. Uh, you know, the professor would say these tools can be used with anybody, not just children. You know, and then also got trained with uh, in mindful parenting, which is yeah, it uses mindfulness, but it adds so much more because um, it adds also, you know, the specifics of living with children and dealing with children and uh, the reactions of parents have specifically with their own children, which is a different relationship you have compared to your spouse or, you know, your friends or your family. So, yeah, um, that's what I did. And then I started, um, you know, coaching um, professionally and uh, it started working really well and um, people love it. It changes, you know, how they see a life and how they see other people because it changes, you know, your, your point of view. Um, so yeah, that's how I started. And uh, you say your program basically is for anyone at any age, but is there a specific type of person or family um, that you say is a is a good fit for this, and uh, more so than someone else? Um, not really. Um, I mean, the monthly parenting program that I that I use are trained in. Um, they um, they designed it thinking of families where there is a child or a parent with a difficulty, like a child with autism or the ADHD, schizophrenia, depression, bipolar disorder, or with a parent with a mental health issue. And um, they have used this program in um, mental health agencies uh, where they treat the children. And they have done three different studies and the success is 100%, you know, because it completely changes how people relate to themselves first. And when you change how you relate to yourself, it changes automatically how you relate to others. Right. That's you know how mindful parenting works. There are a lot of people I know that do react instead of respond, and we react emotionally based on usually our own life experiences, things that, or if we're really really stressed, we might you know be more irritable. Of course, I work a lot with the biology and pathogens, candida, Lyme disease. All of these things will cause a lot of irritation and create more anger in a person. So again, working with the biology helps to, to calm the brain and, and the body, but there are life experiences, as you mentioned, like, you know, depending on your own childhood or things that have happened to you, uh, that are how we, we can, you know, we relate to other people and how we have relationships. So can you really, can you describe your program, Happy Families to us? Uh, yeah, um, it's a 12-week program, and, you know, it, you need every week, it's like a progress, you know, like with a child, you know, they learn how to sit, and then they crawl, and then they walk, and then they run, right, so it's the same, you know, you you have to first have some skills, you know, and every week, you, you know, there's a progress, so there's 12 weeks, and I do a one-on-one, I've done sometimes group coaching too, which is really great, because people learn from each other, and they support each other, 
And then, uh, yeah, what I do, the first part of the session, I do the mindful parenting part of um, the program. And then the second half is the positive parenting. And yeah, so we progress together with both programs. And it makes sense um, you know, to use both because you can you know, have these tools of you know, how to say things, how to deal with this situation. But like you say, if you're stressed out or you know, you're right, if you're stressed out or you're sick, or you have you know um, you know big issue you're you're not as uh, patient and you are you're more judgmental actually too of right. of you know things and people um, so if you're not able to stay in the moment present and to stay calm then you can if you're not in that state of mind you can use the positive parenting tools that you that you know because you know you're in a state of mind of just um, where there's no logic and there's no thinking, you know, just in this in this emotional state of just reacting, you know, and being annoyed or, or angry. So yeah, in order to use the tools that you learn for positive parenting, you need to be calm first. If you're not, you know, you're not gonna use those tools. So it's a waste of time if you have them and you know, if you learn them and then you don't learn how to stay calm so that you can use them. So yeah, that's how uh, it works and, um, yeah, and basically what it, what it really does, uh, especially, especially the mindful parenting part, is when you, as a parent, as, a, as an adult, learn how to, you know, accept and allow your emotions, then you're able automatically to allow and accept your child's emotions. Um, and, you know, like Buddhists say, you know, mindfulness is, used, uh, is um, based a lot on Buddhism, is suffering is when we are not allowed things as they are. Whatever is happening, if you don't allow it, you fight it, that's suffering. But, you know, um, actually, you know, there are some of them that believe that not allowing, you know, like uh, if you're sad or if you're angry or whatever, and you push that part of you, it's like some kind of self-aggression against yourself because that part of you, that emotion is you. So you push it away, you reject it. It's like, you know, some kind of rejection towards yourself. And it's like kind of like an aggression, you know, like as if your child comes to you crying and you, you reject them, like, no, go away. You know, that's kind of like um, aggression, but we do it to ourselves. So when you stop doing that and um, accepting everything, um, then you learn how to do that with, with the rest of the world. Yeah. And, you know, staying calm can be really challenging, especially when you're stressed and children with autism in particular can be a little bit more challenging depending on, you know, their defiance or their inability to listen. Do you have any specific suggestions for people who, parents who are working with a child like that with some special needs, are, are, have you worked, I don't know how much work you've done with that or what you could suggest? Yeah, it's, um, it's you know, with any kind of um, difficulty you have with your children, it's, it starts like they say, the base is accepting, you know, uh, whatever they, you know, the defiance, you know, just, um, accepted and when you do that the child feels that energy and they are able to come down you know there's actually they've done studies where um 
if you're next to someone who is nervous, you become nervous. And you're next to someone who's calm in a situation that is chaotic or whatever, or, or dangerous, you are able to stay calm. It's just like this, you know, very special, um, you know, you know, quality of humans. We're so, such social animals. So yeah, if you accept your child, you know, with defiance or whatever they're doing, you just allow it. And, and they feel that they will uh, fight, um, calm down because if they feel like you're fighting it, they, they fight back, you know? So yeah, that's one, one of the you know, tips you could use, you know, in that situation, for example. And, you know, they're, they're picking up our energy and we pick up other people's energy, just like you had just mentioned, but especially children and parents are really in tune with each other. And that's why, you know, if, if you're, going towards your child and you're feeling anxious or stressed, they're picking that up. So then they become more anxious and stressed too. And before we talked a little bit about, I've done episodes on mindset, which is basically ways to clear mind and on tapping and clearing the emotional pathways uh, and a lot of different work, emotion code. But you had mentioned that mindfulness is a little different because you had said it's more about really making it so that your mind stops so that there's nothing going on. So can you explain more about that? Like what it is that you're teaching people to do, like uh, just give an, uh, an example. Mm-hmm. Well, mindset is um, what I understand mindset to be is trying to create this, you know, state of mind or thoughts or emotions, you know, positive or the positive. With mindfulness, um, well, you don't actually try to be, you know, not think of anything. I mean, when you meditate, yes, the purpose is focusing on your breath, but when you, you know, the mind is a thinking machine. So when you, you know, you're meditating, for example, and, and you start thinking about something, whatever, a worry or something you have to do today, you know, you don't say, oh my God, I'm thinking, I'm, not, I'm meditating wrong, what's wrong with me? I don't know how to meditate. No, that is completely normal. So you don't judge that you went away to a thought. You say, oh, oh, I was thinking. And you celebrate that you caught yourself. Oh my God, yeah, I'm, I'm celebrating. I was mindful because I caught myself. And then you go back to the breath. And then again, you start thinking about something else, of course. And you're like, oh, oh my God, I caught myself again. Yay, you know, celebrate that. Oh my God. And again, I've been mindful. I'm, I'm being successful. And you go back to the breath. But people do it wrong. It's like, you know, oh, my, my mind went somewhere else. Oh my God, I'm doing it wrong. You know, there's judgment. It's like, no, you caught yourself. It's like, oh, it's, this is awesome. I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm being mindful right now. Um, celebrate yourself. And then, yeah, so the more, you know, you do that, you know, the more you meditate, the less, you know, often you go into thinking about things. But you just observe the thoughts of whatever you're thinking as, as if they're not your, yours. You might think my mind is thinking this, but it's not me. Mm. So you create a space, create a space between, uh, because when you serve something, you create a space. Mm-hmm. So for example, in a situation with your child where you are overwhelmed, you stop and you start with feeling the sensations in your body and observe them. And that's called the noticing brain. Mm-hmm. When you start paying attention to the sensations in your body, that automatically calms you down. It's like a, it's biology. And then um, by observing your, your uh, body sensations, you are able to automatically calm down. And then, you know, whatever you're thinking or feeling, you just uh, observe that. 
don't judge it at all. So, you know, you practice that a lot. It takes a lot of practice and meditation and, um, you know, mindfulness and mindful, day, mindful day, days that I, I uh, give people to, you know, as homework. And then you have practice and practice like anything, like a muscle, you know, you have to do it, you have to do it. And then you get better at it. And you're going to fail many times. You know, it's not failure. It's just, you know, that you are, it's, you're, it becomes a habit with time, right? So, yeah, um, that's basically what it is, is you don't try to push things away. You just, oh, that's interesting, you know, observe them and, 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 um, and that's it. You know, you don't try to push them, you don't have to change them. You just don't try to change anything. And just accept things and allow things to be how they are. A lot of things I know are based in the subconscious. You know, we, it's developed by the time we're the age of seven. And so uh, I would imagine like this is more like that it's so far sounding like the work that I've done with some mindfulness in the past, there were some things we did with the body, positioning hands, et cetera, that uh, along Meridian, so that it helps to get to the subconscious uh, in some way, because we can really, this is why I kind of where I, I think talk therapy without something that reaches the subconscious can be flawed because it just keeps bringing it alive for one, if we're talking about it. But we're, we're wanting to change our mind. A lot of people say, oh, I want to be calm. So I'm going to practice being calm. And they'll practice and practice. And it takes a lot of practice. Uh, and some people can, can reach that or a better level. But it's, I find it's really reaching the subconscious level. Is there something in your mindfulness work that you do that reaches the subconscious level to help really retrain old ways at a level that is not conscious? Well, one way is um, the kind of reactions that you have with your child, let's say. Uh, part of the mindful parenting program, they use um, schemas, which is these habitual kind of reactions that people might have. Um, and you observe, you know, ah, okay, I'm reacting as a punitive parent, or I'm reacting as a scared child. You know, like my, my tendency was to whatever my child, you know, wanted or was demanding, and subconsciously, I, I, it was subconscious. I would think if my child is angry at me, I don't give him what he wants. He will not love me. He will abandon me, and that's why you give in. But it's all subconscious. But you learn, you know, those reactions that you have the schemas. Uh, you become uh, aware of those. Oh, I'm reacting in this way with this role, and you know, and then you you catch yourself doing that more and more and more, and you're able to to change that, change your reaction. In your program house modules, I assume they're at levels. Like you start at a lower level, just becoming, I have, I'm guessing, kind of more awareness, and then you move on beyond that. So, what comes like in the future, like after awareness? What do you um, move toward in them? What, what do the pieces uh, of each kind of give you? Um, okay, one thing, for example, would be one, I mean, let's say I'm, I'm debating which one to bring up. Um, well, one would be, you know, um, setting limits with yourself. 
um, understanding, like listening to your body and what your body is telling you, hey, 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 you're too overwhelmed. You need to take a break. And you learn how to um, listen to your body and then know when you need a break and ask for other people uh, to help you take that break and take care of yourself, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, uh, psychologically, and you learn how to do that uh, for yourself and and uh, communicate to others that that's um, what you need. Because, you know, we're talking, we're talking about at the beginning about stress. Uh, we live, in as parents, we live with a lot of stress. You know, as a species, most of our um, time as, as a you know, species, we, for days of thousands of years, parents, when they had a child, they had as an average 15 people to help them. In the old Imagine time. that. Right. You're... You have a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh my God, you know, pass it to, you know, your, you know, the aunt, the uncle, the grandma, the sister, the brother, you know, all this support system. Right. We don't have that. Right. It's insane. It really is insane. Then also another thing is um, because um, mothers will breastfeed most of the time when you do that, uh, you are not fertile and then you don't have your child, your second child until maybe your first one is three or four years old. But today people have their ch- children sometimes, you know, a year and a half, two years after the first one. That's, you know, that's, it's not natural because you still have this little child that needs so much attention and you add a newborn. So that creates so much stress, you know, so this way of the way we live life in modern days is adding like 10 times more stress than what is necessary. So that's why we, you know, we have to find ways to reduce our stress, um, take care of ourselves more than we do normally, you know, pay more attention to when we, you know, we feel that limit, we feel it when, you know, we get into that age of like losing it, you know, and, and being moody and not being as happy to be around. Um, because the, I think the best gift you can give your child is a happy mom or, or dad. Yeah. That's what they're going to remember, you know, that you were in a good mood, you were, you know, loving and you were playful. They're not going to remember the toys or the house you lived in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and to be playful. That's the thing is we always feel so challenged, especially again with a, ch- a special needs child. It, it uh, you know, there's a lot of worry, there's a lot of fear and, you know, everybody, especially if you, you, you can sometimes not even go to the grocery store with them because they might just throw themselves on the floor in a tantrum and you can't even get them out. And, you know, people don't understand what's going on at all. And if they don't have a child with autism, they really don't know. Um, in fact, I was in the airport the other day and I saw a child and he was really acting out and all these people were looking at him and I knew right away as that child's on the spectrum because, you know, and, and I, and I felt for the mom, you know, where not everybody is feeling for the mom or, you know, understanding the moment. And I think that's where we really need to just one, appreciate other people that they're doing their best to the best that they can. Yep. And with the skills that they have and anything we can do to increase our own parenting skills or our own, really our own skills um, on, on the way that we, you know, ask, as you said, for our needs and communicating them, because a lot of people really don't ask for what they need or ask for help. I didn't. (laughs) Especially women. It's really, really common. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, um, and we don't have the, the family support and the extended family like we used to a lot of time. Uh, some do, and they're very fortunate. And I'm always so happy in, in my program when somebody says, I'm the grandma and I'm helping out. I'm like, oh, thank you, you know, because it's so important. Um, but not everybody's got that. So you got to really do as much work as you can on yourself. Maybe you only have five minutes a day to do that, but that's okay. Take it because anything is going to help because if you don't take care of yourself, then you'll end up likely sick or something, you know, can happen where you, you're not as available for your child or the people who need you. And, uh, and it, and we have to really know that we're, it's okay to take care of ourselves. Um, A lot of people need to, especially women, again, as caretakers, just sort of traditionally we'll take care of others and, and, can forget about ourselves. So really important to, to make sure that, you know, you're taking the time for you. Yeah. And like you say, especially with women, um, we judge ourselves when we are not there for everybody and we just are selfish because not, you're not being selfish. You're, you're helping yourself to be in a you know, better mood, let's say, and that's going to help your child. But, you know, we, we don't realize how in our own homes growing up or even society, how much judgment there is. There's yeah. so much judgment of, about everything. I don't. I didn't do this. I did that. It was too much. I didn't do enough. You know, or society. Oh, you're not this enough. Or you know, you know, so much judgment. That's why in our heads, you know. Um, so just by being mindful about these thoughts that are not yours, they were implanted there. You know, obviously judgment. It was, you know, implanted into your, you know, mind. Um, you realize they're not yours, you know, and you just observe them and uh, you don't try to change them. You know, you, you, they change when you don't try to change them, you know, because if you judge yourself for having judgmental thoughts, <laughs> right. what are we doing? Judgmental of yourself too, you know? And if we're yeah. judgmental of ourselves and the way that we feel about ourselves, then we're often doing that toward other people. This is a, a real strong projection. You can watch somebody judging somebody else they're, they're, they're reflecting really what they're feeling about themselves. Things that they, they do toward other people are things that they're feeling about themselves. Oh yeah. So the more that we appreciate ourselves and pay attention, you know, especially first to the feeling that you have in your body, I always say, where are you feeling the stress first? Feel your body sensations. Are you feeling it in your solar plexus, your stomach, your heart, your throat, you know, where do you feel that your body might be tightening up and what, you know, and just start paying attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is your first clue that something's up and then stop yourself. Are you a glass half empty or a glass half full person too? Do you see, uh, you know, things in a positive light or at least make an effort to, or to become conscious of doing that? Okay. So this is a situation like we talked about earlier. This isn't a failure. I'm learning. I'm here to learn and I'm learning from my experiences. And what do I have to take away from this that next time I'm in this situation, I can make it better or it could be made better because I have more knowledge. It's all about education and educating ourselves. But awareness is is definitely the first step and the first key. Yeah, and it's not your fault, you know? Right. You're human. Yep. And you were trained a certain way, but, you know, your family or society and it's, it's not your fault and, you, and you're human. So, yeah, it's, uh, and then, you know, that is going to be, you know, um, 
transfer to your children too. You know, how you judge yourself or, or you know, the hero judging others, then they will be just self-judgmental because mm-hmm. it's the culture of judgment in general. So they, they will become judgmental of themselves, you know, also. And you don't want that. You don't want to walk around like, you know, when they are cynical. Yeah. Or often in pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, the positive parenting part is, is um, helping children, you know, um, change habits or whatever they are um, with um, tools that are, use the subconscious and use the body actually um, for them to want to, you know, let's say, I don't know, homework, you know, uh, instead of rejecting homework, wanting to do homework, you know, and how you, you know, you don't sit there with logic, you know, oh, homework is important because school is important. <laughs> it's not going to go anywhere logic you know so there's all these uh, wonderful tools to use to help children you know um, do better you know mm-hmm. in, in yeah areas, whatever areas you know yeah the more knowledge we have the more we can teach positive yeah. um last thing i wanted to know too you know of course with the pandemic mm-hmm. a lot of parents are forced into homeschooling or uh, or they just are but they're having challenges they're at home more do you have any suggestions for people uh, to make life during the pandemic a little easier? Um, okay. Um, let's see. Well, one, one thing you can do, for example, is, you know, children normally are talked to when mostly when they're doing something wrong or to receive an order. Like, oh, make your bed, or come here, or don't do that. What are you doing? Um, and I don't know if you, you've heard that for every negative interaction we have with our children or with an adult, with every negative interaction, that it, negative interaction weighs as much as five positive interactions. On the so, mind of the person we're saying it to or on ourselves, yes. on the other person, right? Because no, we no. will remember something negative that somebody said or hurtful that somebody said to us more so than something positive, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you tell your child, oh, you're whatever, you know, something that, it, that didn't feel good to them or is a correction, a correction, then you have to think, oh, like, okay, I have to then say something, five things that are either positive or what is called neutral attention. Because also children get, get attention when either doing something bad or something amazing, right? Oh my God, yeah. or like, you're not doing this, you know, the, the extremes. They don't get the, the 99% of the time that they are alive, they get no attention for that. So it's something called neutral attention, which is, you know, commenting on whatever they're doing in, in any moment and observing that and making a comment about that. So like they're seeing, you know, um, in everyday moment, instead of just the, you know, when they misbehave or when they, or when they do something amazing, whatever, you know? Um, yeah, so that's one thing that you can do uh, is, is to help the stress level and, um, and um, for them to feel more connected to you because uh, the more connected to your child is with you, to you, you know, the better the relationship is and the more they want to, you know, collaborate. So if you practice like, you know, 
giving them more, not only positive attention, but neutral attention, that would be very helpful to, to because then with the more connected you are with your child, their stress level is lower. And, you know, I, I like to say, instead of a child is misbehaving, a child is stress behaving. Yes. That's what it is. And it's important. Uh, I always want to remind our listeners that especially children with autism are often reacting in ways that they would not if their biology was not so inflamed. The, the pathogens um, like and the toxins, uh, a lot of the heavy metals, mercury can cause a lot of anger. Lyme disease can cause anger and rage. Candida causes a lot of irritability, inability to think clearly. Uh, and again, some more uh, anger issues. So these tantrums and things that we're seeing or them not listening, or they're not doing that. I always tell parents, your child is not an angry child. It's that their brain and their body are so toxic and so inflamed that they cannot truly be who they are. And I know this from personal experience watching my son when he was a little boy having these wild tantrums. And today, now that all the toxins and, and, and the pathogens have been removed, he's the most calmest, easygoing guy, you know, and, and it's a complete opposite of how he was when he was still toxic and inflamed. I also really want to make sure that I mentioned to not listen to these negative people who give these negative comments to us, especially the naysayers. I, I work with this. I see this all the time, especially you know, on social media, people, you can't recover from autism. And, you know, like really, well, my son did. So I don't know what to tell you. I don't want to know what you want to call it. But and I say everybody's level of recovery is different, but I do know that every child can improve greatly. And a child who maybe was getting D's and F's can now get A's and B's and who couldn't make friends and have social interactions now has friends and who was screaming in tantrums. One mom said 24 seven, her child was screaming, breaking things, dangerous, violent. He's now calm, easy, happy, laughing, easygoing. This is, that is a, a strong form of recovery. Maybe they didn't have their diagnosis removed like my son and some of the parents that I've worked with, but they have improved greatly. So do not listen to naysayers and people who tell you that something can't happen or your child can't get better. I, I you know, this is it, it, when people are being negative, it's based on their limited knowledge or their own emotional issues. So they're, so they're trying to put it out there. Why would somebody want to say something truly negative to somebody else? What's their point? Why would, why would they want to do that? And if they're, they're, they're usually wrong reasons uh, for that. And so just always keep that in mind that you have to, to know in yourself, you can say what to, you know, thinking you can say whatever you want to, to other people, but I know what I'm looking at and I'm going to continue to educate myself to learn more. And so that I have answers about what I want to learn about instead of just listening to somebody who's saying something negative. Or knowing that somebody says a negative comment to you and you can say something internally strong to yourself to, you know, you know, I am good. I'm deserving. Like, or somebody says, you don't deserve this or you, you, it, this is your fault. No, this isn't my fault. This is just a situation that I'm in and I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning something from it and I'm going to continue to learn and, and, and help it improve. You know, that is about the mindset and that mindful, you need to be able to control how you feel about 
your environment because there will always be factors that are going to come at you that you want to be able to have more and more strength against to just stay in a positive mode because this world does need more positive people anyway. <laughs> so be one of them. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And then, you know, people, like you said, who are negative, again, just allow them to be negative and don't judge them. Right. Absolutely. Well, I think this is a good place to, uh, to, to end today's episode. Uh, Anna, Anna, thank you very much uh, for being here with us. Uh, the website, AnnaVegaCoach.com, and I will put it on the show notes as well. Um, and you can use a code naturally with it as well, but you can learn more about Anna there. And again, I will link to many of the things and some of the past episodes I've done around, um, you know, these, these subconscious beliefs and how to help yourself with them. Uh, I'll link to in the show notes today. So again, thank you so much for being here and uh, being a positive parent and uh, working towards helping your child and uh, doing all that you can for them because they, they do need you. And it's important that you take care of yourself, which is ultimately important. And Anna, again, thank you for being here with us. I appreciate your time and uh, look forward to talking to you again. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. You're very welcome. All right. Take care. We'll see you soon. Take care. Bye.